0: Sound Cartel. Work should be a safe place to provide feedback, express concern, and have constructive conversations. But not all workplaces are this idyllic, and likely a big reason why things remain exactly as they are. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. moment our world is indeed being shaken to the core. There's so much happening to distract and concern us outside of the business. However, behaviour change specialist from Courageous Leaders Mandy Holloway says we must try not to lose sight of what's happening inside the business and confront the autopilot ways we do things by disrupting our own status quo. She says to ignite change, it requires challenging conversations with each and every person in the business. But first, Chris Ashmore asks Mandy, what does it really mean to disrupt the current status quo inside a business?
1: At its very essence, it means changing their ways of working. And I look at that about the way they work internally within their business, but also externally in their business environment. So they have to be looking at can we get leaner, can we get more agile, can we be more transparent? So as an example, I was talking to a CFO the other day, and they're going to very much be changing the way people enter their complaints into their business. And it'll be a bit like toll, you know, with the couriers and the parcels. You'll be able to see when you lodged your complaint, who's touched it, where it's sitting, why is it taking so long for someone to get back to me? So I think it's that transparency and and the change in the way we go to market, but also the change the way we work internally. And, and often we have, I mean, there are some industries where they're using the same business model that was used 100 years ago. So have they really challenged the business model and said, look, could we be going to market and working internally differently? And it, it requires everybody to be checking challenging assumptions and habits.
2: Well, you say it belongs to everybody, but um, the responsibility must lie with the leader of the organisation, does it?
1: Yeah, look, it has to start at the top and it has to be promoted, enabled and empowered from the top, but you actually need everybody to buy in. And I love watching some of these reality TV shows just to sort of have a look at what happens for people. And that undercover boss, as an example, while I hate it, I also enjoy watching it because I go, wow, for you to actually find out what's really happening in your business and understand the ideas that people have, you actually you have to go undercover that's pretty sad that you can't as a CEO or as a senior leader go and have conversations with people so you know it's only going to work if we have everybody because the leader can only do just so much you know and particularly with age diversity gender diversity you know let's be real in Australia in particular most of our our business leaders are white Australian males aged 40 or over. And they're coming from their experience. We need greater diversity than that, which means we need everybody in the business to be um, on board and feel safe to actually have these challenging conversations.
2: Mm. Well, what then, what kinds of conversations need to take place for the current status quo to be disrupted?
1: It's an interesting one because one of the things I say to people is there's there's four critical enablers if you really want people to be disrupting the current status quo and then enabling a decision to be made about, well, what are we going to do differently? So we're really looking for innovation and collaboration, really, through those conversations. So the first one is that you have to be able to challenge. So no matter my age, my experience, I need to be able to, and the culture needs to support people having those conversations without fear of retribution, without feeling they're going to get judged and that has been a career-limiting move. You know, I just challenged the CEO, oh my gosh. So we have to be okay with the challenging conversations. The other kinds of conversations we're going to have to have are the ones to build trust because to be able to have those conversations, we have to have high levels of trust, which means we have to start having conversations to share our intent, to express our integrity, where we're talking straight with each other, we're valuing each other. And in many organisations, that's sorely missing, you know, we we make assumptions about each other instead of checking out the intent. And we often think the worst of each other rather than the best. So we need to be having conversations to increase trust. Then to take, you know, that disruption of status quo that step further, we need to then have courage. We need to actually have the courage to share what we're really thinking and feeling. So if someone says something that I don't agree with, I need to say it. I need to go, look, I don't really agree with that. This is my point of view. And to sit in that space and have the courage to listen when someone's saying something that you maybe don't like or agree with initially, but really trying to understand their intent and the and the intent behind the message. But also, as I said, having the courage to share. Now, if we have people doing that, we are absolutely going to have conflict And in my experience, most business leaders, they will say to me, I hate conflict, Mandy. I will do anything to avoid it. If you want a high-performing team and a team that is disrupting the current status quo, you absolutely have to get okay with conflict. And it's the way you resolve it constructively that will enable the business to actually constantly look at divergent thinking and disrupting the current status quo.
2: So do people lack courage? Is that the reason that they're not having these challenging conversations or is it more than that?
1: Oh, look, I think courage is a big one. You know, people will walk away having thought about things and felt things, but without sharing. And I often use the the silly example of, you know, a little three-year-old has the courage to say when they don't like something, I don't want it, I don't like it, you know, and, and we have to have this, you know, amazing conversation to resolve the conflict. But at least you know up front exactly what they like and they don't like. But what happens is as we mature, I often use the example, the little story, that we become Madagascar pen. We smile and wave, boys. You know, we smile and wave. I'll just smile and wave, put a good look on my face, say, Yes, I'll do it. Inside, I'm going, I'm not going to do that. That is such a stupid idea. And I'm going to walk out and I'm going to talk to everybody else except the person that I really need to talk to. So, why we're not disrupting the current status quo enough is because we're smiling and waving. We're being too nice to each other, to each other's faces, because we're too scared and we don't have the courage to actually ignite conflict and resolve it.
2: What you're saying is that leaders and team members need to be okay with conflict and embrace it. Is that at the heart of disruption?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And many people have read or heard of Patrick Liancioni in his book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He has a pyramid and he says at the very base of that pyramid is the absence of trust. So if we don't have trust, we have a dysfunctional team. And the next one up is a fear of conflict. So I always say to people, if you think of you know the place where you have unconditional love in your families, where you will absolutely say what you need to say, want to say, because you know no matter what, you know, the love is there and they'll forgive you or you'll have a, a better conversation or whatever. I often say to people, you know, I'm going to call you liar, liar, pants on fire. If you don't put your hand up and say, I absolutely have conflict in my family. I have conflict with my siblings. I have conflict with my parents, with my kids. And we are not trained well enough to understand how to ignite conflict, step towards it. A very dear friend of mine once said to me, Mandy, you have to reframe conflict. Think of a pearl. It's something of great beauty and it is produced from great irritation. And I use that, I can feel myself, you know, when there's conflict, I step towards it and I go, mm, this is going to be really hard, but I'm going to step into it, I'm not going to step away from it and let it fester until it boils over, because something of great beauty will come out of this if I step towards it.
2: And trust is a big thing, it's a necessity for these conversations.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, many leaders and and many teams, they're too busy, you know, They're, they're busy doing tasks, they're busy doing stuff. And I've said to people, all it takes is grab someone, go for a 15 minute walk and talk around the building and just talk about what you're both doing with each other to increase and deepen the level of trust but you have to be committed to it, you have to be disciplined around it and keep doing it. You know, people say they want trust and that trust is really important, but they're not actively
0: doing stuff to build and maintain and stretch trust. That was Courageous Leaders Behaviour Change Specialist, Mandy Holloway. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. Follow at Daily podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily podcast. Sound Cartel.